With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The blood that Jesus shed for me Way back on Calvary Oh, the blood is me
tornadoes that um, happened in um, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Actually, uh, the area that me and Chris are from, um, even though we're in two different cities, um, the tornadoes were pretty widespread. And um, like most of the time when there's tornadoes, there's pretty massive damage. Um, this um, set that came today more than normal. Um, and so there was, I don't believe, as far as I know, any um, deaths um can't be certain. Um, I know there was a couple injuries. There's a lot of people who lost their homes and whose lives are completely um, twisted inside out right now. So, Jesus, your word declares that if we ask anything in your name that you would do it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm asking for Lord, complete restoration of these lives, Father, that were affected by the tornadoes and the storms tonight, Lord. Father, that you would place your hand on them, Lord, that you would provide for every one of their needs, Lord, that not one mouth would go hungry, Lord, according to your word. Knowing that, God, you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Father, knowing that you are the God who is more than enough, knowing that you are all-sufficient, Lord, for our every need. As the psalmist declared, the Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not want. Father, even tonight, Lord, provide them safety and security, Father. Provide them shelter, Lord, that you would mend every broken heart, Father. Mend every broken life, Lord. Restore that which the enemy has taken, Father. And I ask, Lord, that you would be glorified in those towns for... Um, all the ones that were affected, Lord, and God, that you would have your way, Father, in those cities tonight, Jesus. So, I'm gonna, here's an interesting story um, about the grace of the Lord. Um, grace of God, my favorite word. Um, you know, the scripture says, um, if you go through the book of um, Genesis, when the Lord God um, fashioned Adam and Eve from the dust of the ground, um, breathed into them the breath of life, declared them to be alive, he then placed them in fellowship with him, revealed himself to them, walked with them daily, um, minute by minute, calling out to them, and the Lord God himself inquiring and desiring fellowship with man. And through uh, sin, that came in, uh, they lost that fellowship um, because of the barrier that sin put up in life. And so they, um, even though the Lord God himself um, found a way to cover them, foreshadowing the things that would come through Christ Jesus, where not only would our sins be covered, but they would be removed, um, cast as far as the east is from the west that God would remember them no more through the blood of Jesus Christ. They still lost the fellowship that they had once enjoyed with the Lord. And not only that, um, they brought upon themselves a curse, um, which I'm going to call a curse, which was death. Because though Adam and Eve walked in the garden with the Lord, though they had um, 
the ability to choose between life and death. They chose death. Um, and in the midst of the garden, there was the true tree, true trees, if you're familiar with the story. The one being the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and the other being the tree of life. And, you know, it's funny, God said, you can eat of every tree, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Frankly, because there's just some things we don't need to know about. Knowledge only goes so far. Um, but love um, is never ending. And they chose to gain knowledge. Um, and They chose to gain um, earthly knowledge and such, and in the process, um, turned down the tree of life, which... If you read um, the scripture, God never told them they couldn't eat the tree of life. But after the fall, after sin, um, they were removed from it so that they could not eat it. Um, and as the scripture declares that they would take out their hands and eat of the tree of life, they could live forever. But then sin came and they lost the opportunity. And so death passed. Um, not only sin, but the curse of death passed from Adam to all the nations on, of the earth, to all people who would be born, who had been born, who will be born. The Bible now, then, as of that moment, declares that every man, um, as it says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, and it says, as, and as it is appointed for men once to die, but after this the judgment, and it says, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, so everyone, all of us, um, at some point or another um, in this life will um, pass away. Ecclesiastes declares that we're nothing but dust. Um, but as they say at funerals, um, from dust we are and from dust we'll return, like Job said. Um, our lives, the fullness of them, um, as far as the actual time frame is measured, not in the desires of man, but in the... Um, sovereignty of the Lord God and but there's no guarantee on it because um, in reality um, though we're fleshly we have been born again through his grace into a new life in which we walk filled with the spirit our spirit becoming alive in Christ Jesus through the through the shedding of his blood through the Holy Spirit and so we're not just temporal beings anymore, but we're eternal beings, even though at the moment, as Paul described it, we occupy tents, um, these bodies that we dwell in, at some point we will um, be changed. Um, the scripture declares in a twinkling of eye will be changed and we will be with him forever. And so we are eternal. It doesn't always feel like what we are. But eternally is not just encompassed here on earth, but it's also once this life is over, once we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, once he says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. And so everybody dies. Um, it's a fact of life. Um, now Jesus overcame death, hell and the grave, and received power over death, having conquered it. Um, him that dies no more uh, lives and we too through um, baptism and we enjoy the resurrection of life with him 
Um, but our and while people do get raised from the dead, um, it does happen. Um, it happened in the times of Jesus. He said, "The works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than you these you will do, because I go to my Father." Uh, symbolizing and um, foretelling of the coming of the Holy Spirit, who the same Holy Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that dwelled um, in the disciples and in every one of us who have believed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but people still get raised from the dead, and some people don't. Um, a lot of people ask and question and wonder, um, why is it that some people get healed and some people don't? And is the blood different? Is his words different? No, they're the same. And some questions can only be answered by the sovereignty of God. Because while we know what the scripture declares, and it's not our job to always understand every detail of this life we live, um, it is our job to be obedient to the word of God. Um, and sometimes you can't figure things out. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. And it says we walk by faith and not by sight. And so not everybody does get healed. Um, but it doesn't mean we don't pray for everybody. We don't. It doesn't mean that we don't trust the Lord to fulfill his word. Um, knowing that his word is true, that says by his stripes we are healed. And there's a very amount of reasons why some people don't get healed, whether faith or whatever. It's just maybe there's something the Lord's doing that nobody knows about. Um, as far as there's times people, the very sickness can bring a um, praise and a glory. Um, through one illness, the Lord may cause a hundred to turn their lives to him. Um, we never know, but that's the sovereignty of God. And, you know, a long time ago, back in 1996 or 1997, something like that, I was in the army and I had gotten in an accident and um, fell off of a building pretty much. The short end of the story shattered my kneecap in a bunch of places and literally from the fall came inches away from death. I've been in multiple car wrecks, not recently not in the last four or five years because I used to not be a very good driver and um but always spared, always delivered, always having angels right there. Um because the Lord had a plan and its purpose, as it says in Ephesians, um we are his workmanship. I believe it's two ten. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I say all that to say that it really doesn't matter what the enemy plans, because the enemy, the Bible declares, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But outside of the lies that he tells and the lies that we choose to believe and then we choose to act upon, he has no power. Because um, all the power belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, who the Bible says conquered death, hell, and the grave, um, took captivity captive, and the Lord exalted and placed all things under his feet. He has all the authority, all the power. And then he set us to be his ambassadors, uh, his spokespeople, as if um, the Bible declares that we are um, reconciling the world to God. Um, and so the same authority and power he granted unto us in his name 
to do the same things, to um, end the works of the enemy. As the scripture declares, um, as you go, preach the gospel, declaring the kingdom of God is at hand. And then it goes on to say, uh, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. And so through obedience, we still um, act in obedience like the book of James says to be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves and it says faith without works is dead we know the scripture declares in Hebrews that those who come to the Lord those who come to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and so I strongly believe that um, the old adage um, is that you know pretty much you're going to die when the Lord says you're going to die and Besides that, you won't. The Lord um, graciously, uh, mercifully, always has his hand upon us. Um, and so, as many times in my own personal life, um, the enemy has made attempts to uh, remove me from this life. The Lord, through his grace and his mercy alone, has seen fit to allow me to stay in the flesh. Um for the purpose of declaring his gospel to the nations, of declaring the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ and the shedding of his blood and his resurrection from the dead to all corners of the earth. And, you know, someday my job will be done and he'll say it's time to come home. But until then, there's really not much the enemy can do about it. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I have a foster child, um, is now six years old, named Michaela, um, who will actually get permanent custody of on Thursday. And, you know, she's the same as me. I can, I can see my, even though she's not my kid, she's my niece, but it's surprising how much I see myself in her because even from such a young age, she knows the Lord. Um, and I doubt, I highly doubt knowing her past um, before she came to live with us that she was constantly in church or constantly anything but she has such a trust and a love for God even in the back seat of my car we'll be driving and she'll just all of a sudden talk about how much she loves God and she can't go to sleep at night without listening to Carrie Job music and about and just worship music and like every day my wife um, when she loads up all the kids taking school they spend a moment praying and um, Michaela's the first one to know that if someone's sick you walk up and you lay your hands on them and you ask Jesus to heal them. And so I've seen in just the last year and a half since she came to live with us the amazing anointing that the Lord has on her life. Not even necessarily things that she does now, but just the very spirit that's about her, the very grace the Lord has put on her life. And, you know, once again, once again, um, he has glorified himself in her uh, miraculously. And so the story to give you, because all kids, including all adults, do stupid things, um, foolish things um, without knowledge. And um, so Sunday afternoon, she was at my brother's house, and um, they my, my brother has a five-year-old, and they only live a block from us. And so he has a his son has a big, huge bunk bed um, that almost reaches the ceiling, and um, she had been climbing up to the top of the bunk bed 
and playing up there because there's toys and stuff up there. And even though she's been told about leaning over and all sorts of stuff, um, for some reason Sunday she decided to reach over to the light, to the the cord that controls the light for the ceiling fan. And in the process, I guess she missed it. And in the process, tumbled off of the top um, bunk bed onto the floor and landed. And in my opinion, must have landed on an angel. Because what actually happened was, is that the six-year-old fractured um, the C1 vertebrae in her neck, which is the uppermost um, vertebrae ring, vertebrae ring um, in your in your um, spine, that um, is pretty much one of the main focal points that connects your head to the rest of your body. And um, medically speaking. Um, People people fracture their spine a lot and various different injuries, whether it's sports or falling down or whatever, and or I mean car crashes, whatever, and it happens. And many people end up paralyzed. Um, usually, what happens is whatever um, vertebrae you injure, everything below that becomes paralyzed um, most times. But you know the Lord can heal that too. Um, usually, if you injure one of the top three, which is the C1, the C2, or the C3. And the way it goes is the higher up you go towards your um, the back of your um, head, the more uh, life-threatening it is as far as not um, – you'll die slowly but instant. Um, literally, um, if a couple of those vertebrae, um, like the C2, if it snaps, um, it it's pretty much signals instant death. And um, the C1 is not that much different. Um and so in the process of her falling, even at six, um, she could have died instantly. Now, I didn't know all this um, about her condition at first, but what happened was when she fell, she was complaining her head hurt and she was crying like all kids do. And um, so my brother called and told me to come get her. And so I picked her up and I, I could tell something was wrong because she's such a hyper kid. And even if she gets hurt, she brushes it off and, so I got her home and laid her on my bed, and she was really complaining about her head hurting. And so um, me and my wife were just there for a minute. She started falling asleep, which we knew was a bad sign if you've had a head injury because it means a lot of times you have a concussion. And so we were like, okay, this isn't normal. Um, and so we decided to take her to the emergency room. And so, like, I guess 30 minutes after the accident happened, um, she's in the emergency room and we're thinking she may have a concussion or something. And at first the doctor asked her if she had any pain and she's, she's like just on the back of my head. And then she's like, well, it also goes down to my neck. And um, so the doctor pretty much um, said that he thought it was maybe some kind of um, muscle or something like that. Um, not, not necessarily a big deal because she's walking around and she's talking and everything. And then he's like, well, let's get a CT scan. And so he takes her to get a CT CT scan on Sunday night. And turns out she has a fractured C1 vertebrae. Uh, like literally. Um, and at that moment, my wife freaks out. I'm still not quite sure how bad it is, but as far as I knew that if you rupture some vertebrae, you can be paralyzed. I didn't realize it could mean like instant death. But this little girl's up walking around with a fractured um, vertebrae, and so they um, immediately um, put her in an um, ambulance, and we go to 
this main children's hospital in um, downtown Dallas, and they put her in um, a neck brace um, to stabilize her. And uh, so for after eight or nine hours where she's in a neck brace and they're not able to give me a really good diagnostic as far as what the outcome is, and I'm freaking out, and she's not really freaking out as much as I am. Um, And so Sunday night was pretty scary because, you know, it's your kid, and even though she's not, she is. And I'm waiting for the doctors, and the doctors are trying to, like, break it down and give me, like, the best-case scenario, the worst-case scenario. And, um, I mean, she could have died, but she didn't. And she could have been completely paralyzed from that moment, but didn't. And so she's doing good, but then they're like, okay, so this is what could happen. And uh, she could have... If it if it wasn't a stable fracture, they would have to put her in something called a halo cast, which is pretty much most of her upper half of her body is um, stabilized in a cast, and she lays on this bed flat for two or three months straight, which for any child would be a nightmare. I mean, her laying in bed for ten minutes is a nightmare. Needless needless even more if it was months and months and. But the doctor came back and said that her fracture was stable, that even though she fell and she fractured this bone literally and part of it in half, they said that it hadn't moved, it hadn't shifted, and it was stable. Um, And some of them were actually quite shocked. She could move around and she didn't have a bigger injury. So they put her in a neck brace, and um, I got to bring her home after only two days or one day, so she's already back at home in bed, and... Um, she has a neck brace that she has to wear for the next eight months to, or eight weeks to keep her neck straight. But me and my wife and um, Chris have already assumed that the Lord God is going to heal her so that when we go back in just a couple weeks for a checkup that to do x-rays, that they're going to see that her neck is completely healed. And it's like, you know, how amazing the grace of the Lord God that someone even as young as her, how he can literally um, have her in his hand uh, to protect her from things as certain as death. And um, so that's why I haven't been there here the last couple of days. Um, and it's been interesting um, spending time with the Lord and especially being in the hospital and um, dealing with all that. Um, so um, we're going to pray some tonight, um, get into some worship, um, See what the Holy Spirit says in the Word that we should go over. And so our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for pretty much anything, please give us a call. We're going to go to a really quick worship break, and we will be back in just a minute.
Okay, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call in number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. So we're gonna um get into prayer for just a minute. Um we got a couple different prayer requests. Sorry, I have hiccups, so you'll have to forgive me. Don't know why I have hiccups, but um okay, so first off for um Jan, all of you out there, Jan is um excuse me, to homeless and needs a place to uh, sleep. So, Father God, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, we ask for safety. Father, we ask for shelter for Jan, Lord. Father, that you would provide every need for her, Lord, that you would pour out resources and finances in her life, Father, that you would provide provision for her, God, Father, you would set her in motion for divine connections, Lord, for divine appointments, Lord, that you have a place for her, a dwelling for her, Father, already established through your grace, Lord, already established through your grace for her, Lord. Father, so we ask in the name of Jesus, Father, that your Holy Spirit would direct her and lead her, Father, into that place, Lord. (coughs) Excuse me. God, that even tonight, Father, that you would have a place for her to be. And we thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy in her life. <clears throat> Father, for um, Tracy, um, Lord, we know that she's been suffering from attacks of the enemy, Lord, and migraines. And even now, Father, um, she's been having another migraine attack, Father, but we know this is not a hard matter for you, Lord. Father, just one word from your mouth, and she could be made whole, Lord, and the word has already been spoken, because it says that by your stripes we're healed. So, Father, in your name, Jesus, Lord, in your name, Father, we ask even right now, Lord, that you would completely remove the migraine in her head, Father. You would cause, Lord, any swelling, any problems with blood vessels or blood flow, Lord, to be removed right now. Father, complete and total healing on Tracy Herzog in the name of Jesus Christ and Nazareth's Father. Remove all all the pressure from behind her eyes, all the pressure in her head, Father. All heal every every part, any jaw injury, Father, any nerve damage or any infection in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Every tooth injury to be healed completely and restored in the name of Jesus. Father, for um, Smash 240's um, family, Lord, who are um, Roman Catholic, God. God, Father, show them you. Father, show them and reveal to them the redemption that would have through your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. Reveal to them the fellowship they can have with you, Lord, not based on the doctrine of men, Lord but based solely upon your word, which you established, Father, before the foundation of the earth, that Christ would die for the ungodly, that we could be redeemed through his blood. Father, that we could be redeemed and have a restored relationship with you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we ask in your name, Jesus, that you would deliver any false teachings, Father, that you would remove them far from it. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Father, that you would find them a godly church, Lord. Father, give them a revelation into your word. Father, give them revelation, Lord, into your word and into your presence, Jesus. Holy Spirit, that you would reveal yourself to them through your word, Father. Lord, find them the church that you desire, Father, for them to be in, Lord, so they can bless and be blessed, Jesus. So, um, I'm going to attempt through my um, hiccuping. Hold on one second. Let me see if some water will help. It's going to be sort of awkward doing a, excuse me, a radio show having hiccups, but that's the way it is, and that's the way it is. So, um, I think I know the way we're going with this, but I could be wrong, so we'll see. Uh, this is um, the book of John, chapter 16, and I'm going to read some of this, and it's, um, excuse me, 16, um, verse 16. And Jesus is talking to his disciples about him being crucified and um, what would happen or what's going to happen, um, foreshadowing prophetically the... Um, and dwelling of the Holy, the Holy Spirit in us, and it says, "A little while, and you will see me." And again, a little while. Oh, I'm sorry. It says, "A little while, and you will not see me." And then again, in a little while, and you will see me because I go to my Father. Symbolizing um, that he would be crucified, um, buried, and three days later rise from the dead. And then some of his disciples said among themselves, what is this? And also, um, let me back up. Also, when he says again in a little while, you will see me. Um, you know, Jesus said that, he said, I and my Father are one. And the same is true of the Holy Spirit. And he said um, that he would not leave us as orphans. And he said he would send the Holy Spirit, the Rock HaKodesh. And in the same manner, um, after his resurrection, when he ascended to the right hand of God, the majesty on high, he asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came to dwell, among, to dwell among us, and not only among us, but in us. And it says in verse 17, Then some of the disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I go to my Father, because even though the Scriptures has proclaimed through the apostles and prophets that the the Christ would have to die, that one man would die for the sins of the world, that He would send His own Son on behalf of sin to condemn sin in the flesh, that the world could be redeemed in righteousness through faith in Christ Jesus. They still, even though they had the revelation of who Jesus, who Jesus was, that he was the son of the living God, they still hadn't fully come to the understanding that um, the scriptures um, were declaring um, from the beginning that he would have to die. Um because without the the Bible declares without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And 
they were used to a priest having to um, just, excuse me, go in once a year and offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people um, because for the actual covering, the same as with the Garden of Eden, but the Lord had, even though men would offer up um, their sacrifices for covering, once again, as in the Garden of Eden, the Lord had to do it His way as far as something that's much better than um, what we could do with our own hands. And while we could offer up sacrifices um, for a covering of sin that could never remove the sin and never cleanse our conscience, he did at once by the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus Christ. And they just hadn't pieced it all together yet. And it says in... Um, Verse 19, now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him. And he said to them, are you inquiring a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me? Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. A woman, this is, this is interesting, a woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day, you will ask me nothing most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So all of you, get your pens, um, your highlighters, and write that down. John chapter 16, verse 24, or, or verse 23, and then 24, and it's, let me read it again. And in that day you will ask me nothing. And most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name, asking you will receive, that your joy may be full. In verse 25 he said, These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. This also, I believe, in some ways symbolizes in the Holy Spirit, who the Bible says the Holy Spirit searches. It says what, what um, knows the... Um, thoughts of man except the spirit of man and so no one knows the thoughts of the Father except the Spirit has come from the Father, the Holy Spirit who reveals to us um, the, the hearts and the desires of the Father I read a book um, I was reading a book earlier that said real revelation is nothing more than um, knowing the heart of the Father And it says in verse 26, In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father, and have come into this world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. So his disciples said to him, See now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. And 
Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, and now has come, that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And he's prophesying of the night of his death at the Garden of Gethsemane when all the disciples departed, even Simon Peter, who um, vehemently um, cried to the Lord, saying, I will never leave you. And Jesus said, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. And so, I guess Jesus Jesus got it. Um, the same thing that the Scripture has declared from the beginning, where God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, a, a week or two ago, we were listening to a message from um, a um, service in California, and um, Bill Johnson has said, you know, a lot of times we pray things that are contrary to the will of God um, without realizing it, because we pray things through um, our mouths that God has already answered, um, and in the process speak negative words and um, contrary that go against the prayers that we're actually praying. And like when we'll pray, God, don't ever, please don't leave me. And it's like, well, what's God really going to do with a prayer like that when he's already declared you and never leave you nor forsake you? Why would you even need to pray something that God has already answered? We don't need to pray or fast for wisdom and for the heart of God on such a matter as far as his faithfulness because we know that he's faithful. We don't have to pray and intercede and try to get some revelation or prophetic word about his desire for the lost because we know the scripture already declares that he's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. And the scripture says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in verse 33 it says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And, you know, when he says, in me you will have peace, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, you know, the Bible declares him to be the Prince of Peace. All our peace comes through Jesus this comes from the knowledge and revelation of our revelation with Jesus, our connection with him, um, that he has made a way, uh, broken down the middle wall of separation, torn into the veil of separation that kept the men from the holy of holy place, where the presence of God would dwell, and has made a way, as the scripture declared, where we have open access into the presence of God, as it says, to come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. And it says, in this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Um, you know, me and Chris, um, earlier today, Chris, when my wife was at work, and so when I had to bring Michaela home from the hospital, um, Chris came to pick us up because it wasn't that far. And um, we were talking about that and how, you know, some people – have a really bad idea about tribulation and persecution as far as running away from it. When, you know, Jesus, you never find any references where Jesus 
said there would not be tribulation, where he said there would not be persecution, where he said there wouldn't be people that hate you. On the contrary, he said completely the opposite. He said you're going to be hated by the entire world for my name's sake. If they, he said, if they persecute me, they're going to persecute you also. But they won't do it because of your. They won't do it because of you. But they'll do it because of me. And you know, the the difference between sometimes what it seems like the modern church, um, and I speak of the church in a whole, is that the modern church runs as fast as it can away from anything that would bring tribulation or persecution, anything that would be bring division or. Um, Offense, and in reality, it should be completely the opposite. Because if the words of truth that we're declaring about the Lord Jesus Christ are going to bring um, tribulation, if we're preaching a word that's watered down so that people accept us, then it's not the true word of God. It's not the true word of the revelation of the sacrifice of Christ Jesus on the cross. And him saying that he's the way, the truth, and the life. Him and his Father are one. And if we preach any other message, as Paul said, then the gospel which has been preached, then that person should be accursed. And what we find in our the days that we live is many um, people will attempt to um, water down the gospel and give off a watered-down version of Scripture. Um not through revelation, but for the very sake of not wanting to offend, wanting everybody to have happy, happy, joy, joy feelings about everything, um, proclaiming God loves everybody, which is true, um, but then condoning sin, which God doesn't do, because um, sin is sin. Um, the Bible says, I mean, God still said, be holy, be holy for I am holy. I mean, the Bible says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with Jesus Christ the righteous. But the Bible also, Paul also declared, how can we who died to sin any more long, how can we any longer live in it? Or do you not know that when you were buried um, with him in baptism, you were raised to a newness of life? And we should walk in the newness of life. And so, you know, the disciples, like Paul, said um, that he all things were counted lost for the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said that I may be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. And he said, to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Because you see, the disciples and realize they shouldn't be running from tribulation. They should be running toward it. Um, not going out to vote, to vaguely um, or vainly um, boast themselves or to puff themselves up for the sake of the persecution. But and the knowledge that and the calling that the Lord God has put upon our lives, the mantle of apostleship and evangelism that the Lord has granted us to be, um, as it were, prophets of the Lord, declaring the oracles of God, that God was in the world redeeming the world unto himself, and that the old covenant has been replaced with the new covenant of his blood, where God said, no longer will I write on on tablets of stone, but I will write on your hearts, and you will know my words and my heart. And so tribulation is going to come, persecution is going to come. Um, I heard a missionary um, say once that 
he had been stoned and shipwrecked and he had been beaten up and almost shot a couple times and he said the only thing he hadn't been done was he hadn't been oh he had been shipwrecked so the only thing he hadn't been done was had he had become a martyr for Christ and he said time will prove that one to be true as well because he understood not that we glorify um, death but that it's a reality just like in the beginning of the broadcast we're talking about death being a reality um, persecution is a reality um, as me and Chris um, have said before on the show if we get up on this radio broadcast and we proclaim to you the truth of what of the gospel of the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit um, we're going to say things that are going to offend people and we frankly don't care um, not and we, we say everything um, not in a manner of uh, haughtiness or being um, boastful in our walks because we know everything is through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, all things are through him and for him. But we know that if we preach any other words except for that which he, even through his own mouth, has declared, then our gospel and our preaching are in vain. Because, you know, the Bible says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And it also says that it's not about the words you preach. Um, Paul said I was, in his letter, he said, I was with you in fear and, tre fear and trembling. But my preaching and my teaching weren't with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith would be in men and not in God. And, you know, God said the words that come out of my mouth will not return to me, return to me void, but they will accomplish that for which I sent them. And so it, it doesn't matter what words you use. What matters, I mean, in, as far as the um, everything being exact, but what does matter is the Holy Spirit taking the words, making them alive, turning them into revelation, into someone's heart, so that it can take root and grow, become a fountain of living water, um, springing forth into everlasting life, and that the that God can take words and use them to change a person's heart to become active and powerful as the scripture declares that the word of the Lord is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and his word and the power of the Holy Spirit can set the captives free and when we come into agreement with the Lord based on what he's already declared the promises that he's already made the provision that's already available as it also scripture also says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It says we're seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that we should set our minds on things above and not believe. Um, not living in the course of the world like the rest of the world walks, but we should walk in the newness of life. Walking in the spirit so we didn't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And, you know, it's funny because when Paul said that, um, and he said, walk in the spirit and you will not and if you walk in the spirit you won't feel the lust of the flesh he wouldn't have said that if it wasn't possible for Christians to walk around fulfilling the lust of their flesh which is why we need to walk in the spirit and so we we preach the gospel in truth and um, knowing that persecution is going to come knowing that people are going to get offended knowing that as I always seem to miss that we'll have one or two one night every month where We'll have 
hundreds of people calling in to blaspheme the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Um, but it's going to happen. And, you know, like I, I told Chris the other day, if we were doing what we do, and the same is true for everybody out there on who's listening, who has their own ministry, their own radio station, their own church. If you're doing what you're doing and people aren't getting upset in the world, then there may be something wrong with what you're saying. So um, our call-in number, 619-638-8458. We're going to take another break, um, and we will be right back.
has its own sets of desires, which is um, to serve the flesh, to fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind, as the scripture declares, which all of us once did until we were renewed and washed and redeemed and cleansed through his word, through the blood of Christ. And in contrary fashion, we should be ever vigilant, ever, ever ready to give an answer or give an account for the, of the grace that we have in him, of the salvation and the redemption and the relationship that we, through revelation, know is true in him and is not a lie. And so, regardless of what people say, um, there's no reason to get offended what other people say because we know that Scripture speaks plainly about these things and the Holy Spirit gives us revelation um, outside of parables as to what um, God's heart is for the nations. You know, I should have lost my train of thought. That's horrible. I hate that when it happens, especially on live radio. Um, I'm just pretty much waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell me what it was I was actually supposed to be talking about. Um, oh, yeah, that's it. Okay, thanks. Um, you know, this whole changed life thing that we're supposed to be living and supposed to be experiencing, um, you know, many people out there proclaim themselves to be Christians, but as the scripture declares, um, it's like having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. They walk, um, they have a message that they declare, um, even up to politicians, but it's in a fake pretense, even though through um, a false pretense, we would still rejoice if the message of Christ is being um, proclaimed. But many people who will gather and declare themselves to be Christians, um, though the gospel which they uh, believe in will not always line up with the word of God. But we, as those who have experienced the gift of grace and have tasted the goodness of the Lord, as the scripture says, the goodness of God leads into repentance, we know differently because we've experienced him firsthand, have experienced in um, his presence, have heard his voice call plainly to us, and through his Holy Spirit rebuild into our heart, his heart and his desires for the world and for the nations. And, you know, our very lifestyle should emanate and reflect the mirror which we're reflecting, which is Christ Jesus, as we behold him, as we spend time in intimacy with him, as we spend time before the Lord, then we behold his very nature, his very character, and in like manner, we too should be reflections of him. You know, the Bible says that we carry about the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the earth. So that men, as always, as it says in the book of Romans, are without excuse. 
Jesus says that for the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen. You know, when there was issues, you'll never find Jesus running away from anything. Um, you know, we at times will hear that someone's demon possessed or is inflicted with this or that and um the natural human's response is turn around and go in the opposite direction. Um to run and combat and fight and moan and but Jesus didn't do any of that. Um actually when Jesus was in the when Jesus went somewhere and there's people demon possessed, the demons themselves knowing whom he was, knowing that he was the Son of God. The demons would run to Jesus um for if for the sole purpose to say that he was Lord. And because they understood his power, they understood his authority, and we as the body of Christ, the dwelling place, as the Bible declares of God and the Spirit, we too should have such a presence in the world, which isn't our presence, but it's the overshadowing presence of God in our lives, which becomes manifest through our relationship with him. And then the manifestation of our relationship with God is a supernatural presence that we carry about us. As the scripture says that the disciples preached that the they preached the word of God and the Holy Spirit was confirming the words with signs and wonders and we too in the same way should have our very nature and our character should reflect the Lord Jesus Christ in it not only in the spiritual gifts, not only in signs and wonders, because, you know, signs and wonders are great, um, and don't take this the wrong way, um, you know, I was talking to the Lord the other day about it, and about healing, and, um, and I don't know if it was when I was at the hospital on Sunday, and just seeing the, the, the massive amount of people who need to be healed, and while the Lord very easily, um, we could go room to room praying for every sick person until the entire hospital was cleaned was cleaned out of um of people who were ill. The profit of that is not nearly as great as the profit that they would obtain from meeting Jesus. One being a temporal um Resolution to a physical infirmity, and the other being the establishment of joy that's inexpressible and full of glory, peace that surpasses all understanding through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you have any prayer requests, give us a call 619 638 We have about 20 minutes of the show left. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting if you if you look at the the way the church is, and not to speak negatively negatively about the church, but just the the Bible. Well, actually, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruits. Um, and so, the question is: Do our lives um, our lives set in such a way? That God has the ability to use to, through the fullness, um, and while that sounds weird to say that, um, 
the Lord can only accomplish that in us which we allow him to accomplish and that which we're willing to believe his word to be true enough that we're willing to walk in obedience to what he's declared. And do our lives really emanate that nature and that character of God? You know, Jesus never walked out to people and it was like, okay, God, I'm going to be glorified, so let's go pray for someone. No, it says that he was moved with compassion. He saw, even when, during the um, breaking, of, when he multiplied the bread and the fish, it wasn't, okay, God, we're going to do this really big sign. It was that he saw the multitude, and he was moved with compassion because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And when he saw the, when he was passing by a funeral and saw um, a child who had, um, died and was being buried, he saw the compassion of the mother. And the very compassion sparked a reaction which manifested into a supernatural um, healing. And in the same way, I'm saying that a lot tonight, that little phrase. So, in the same way, I'll say it again. <clears throat> the acts that we do, the, the works that we do, um, aren't done through us, they're, they're done through him, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the shedding of his blood and the promises we have through him. But it shouldn't be for the sake of those, but it should be for his glory. Because the Bible, he, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do you'll keep my commands. One of those commands being to go out, pray for the sick, raise the dead, heal the lepers, and things like that. But it's never for the signs and wonders. It's for the glory of God to be revealed, um, to reach the lost. And so I was talking to the Lord about it, and it's like, yeah, we could pray and, heal, and have every single person get healed. But what people really need beyond that is peace. And peace can't be given through healing someone who had a devastating injury or a devastating disease, um, you know, them being healed will bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, but it won't bring peace if their heart is not set upon him. Because he is our peace. And so people can ask for things, but what people need are not things, but a person. What they need is a relationship and the assurance and confidence that comes with knowing the Lord Jesus. So it's funny because um, I was watching the a lot of the political stuff happening in the United States and the fact that there's an election coming up. And, you know, while an election um, can change the course of history for a nation, the Bible says that God raises up kings and puts them down. He changes the hearts of kings. And our prayers um, should not just be for a president to be kicked out of office, um, because we were displeased with um, his um, opinions, but it should be to pray that him, like a multitude of others, countless multitude of others who don't know the Lord, that he would. 
and that the, through the goodness of the Lord, he would reveal himself to um, President Obama. And, you know, worst case, if another president steps in instead of him after the November elections, uh, it won't really matter. It won't change anything. Um, God is still God, and we're not. The world will still move as it always has. Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. And there will still be persecution and distress and peril. Um, and we will continue to, um, as the scripture says, fight the good fight of faith, trusting in the Lord for everything. Believing and trusting him for everything, that though the, the world wars and fights, and we have the complete assurance and confidence in him, and we rest everything um, at his feet at the cross of Jesus. So this is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number 619-638-8458. So I've been at the hospital for the last... um, Two days with almost no sleep, um, but I got to see the glory of God manifested in a six-year-old's life who was saved from the snare of the enemy and delivered by the power of his grace and by the power of the blood of Jesus. And so that being said, I'm rather exhausted. And so if you need prayer, give us a call. Um, I'm going to put some more music on and just end the show like that. So for the next um, 13, 14 minutes of the show, we'll just have some worship music going. If you need prayer, still give us a call. We'll be back on uh, tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. And if you can't make it to the phone, you need prayer, just email us, prayerinternational at gmail.com. So, um, Father God, for all these who are listening tonight, Father, whether they're here in the United States or scattered throughout the corners of the earth, God, as your word declares in Ephesians, Father, Lord, I pray that the eyes of their hearts would be flooded. Father, flooded with light, Lord. Father, that they would know what is the hope of their calling. Father, they would know the power that works in them through you, through your blood, Father. That they would know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, Lord. That they would be rooted and grounded in love. Holy Spirit, that you would work in them to conform their hearts into yours, Lord. That our desires, Father, would become your desires. Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to us the thoughts and the intentions and the heart of the Father for the world and the people around us, that we, as you, Jesus, can be moved with compassion for the world and that we can boldly proclaim the truth to them. Father, that you would give us boldness to speak, Lord. You would give us boldness to speak, Father, the words that you have declared. Father, and knowing that you hear us, Father, Lord, that you would work with signs and wonders, Father. That anybody tonight who is in need of any kind of healing, Lord, that 
right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare complete healing on them from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Every back injury healed in the name of Jesus. Father, every muscle injury healed in the name of Jesus. Every organ restored in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we give you all the glory and the honor um, because you're the only one who deserves it. So have a good night, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow night.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 